Hi, I'm Val Hart in San Antonio, Texas, founder of Val Hart and Friends at ValHart.com. Welcome to The Real Dr. Doolittle Show, the show for animals and the people who love them. I've been called a real-life Dr. Doolittle many times in my career as an expert animal communicator, behaviorist, pet psychic, and master healer. My mission and passion is to improve the lives of animals the world over by helping humans learn how to speak their language, how to understand their viewpoints, and heal. After all, our love of animals helps us be better humans, and the more balanced and healthy we are, the more balanced and healthy they can be, too. Be sure and look for my CDs on iTunes, and to find out more about my work and to receive your free Quick Start Animal Talk course, just go to my website at valhart.com. While you're there for a limited time, you can also apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment Session. And if you want to learn how to be your own Dr. Doolittle, check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system available now on my website at valhart.com. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle, and today we're talking with Madeline Walker. Madeline is an international animal communicator, horse and rider trauma consultant, and spiritual empowerment coach. She's committed to raising awareness of the incredibly deep connection we have with our animals and their messages of healing, re-empowerment for us and our beautiful planet. She travels extensively to work with wild species in their natural habitat and writes and lectures about her experiences. She's well known for her healing skills for both animals and humans on both emotional and physical levels, and she specializes in the past life connections between animals and their human careers. She is a pioneer with her techniques on past life script rewriting. To date, she's written three books. Her first book, An Exchange of Love, Animals Healing People in Past, Present, and Future Lifetimes. She's also written The Whale Whisperer, which is what we're going to discuss today. And she's written Your Pet's Past Lives and How They Can Heal You. You can find out more about, about her on her website at anexchangeoflove.com. Thank you, Madeline, for being here. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. It's lovely to talk to you. Yes, I, I, I'm, and I'm sure that our audience is noticing your accent. You're based in the UK. You're English. British. Right. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, welcome. I'm really delighted to talk to you across the pond. Um, I'm, of course, in the US, so I love your work. When I saw the book, The Whale Whisperer, you know, I, I was just really drawn to it. Um, there's something about the creatures of the deep and, uh, that I think all of us have a, there's something wonderful and magical and mystical and so special about these remarkable creatures. Um, and I'm just so interested to see what you've discovered about them and to share that with our audience. So why do you think it's important to listen to the me- messages from wild species like these? I think the wild species have such a, a connection to the rhythms of the planet. They seem to know what the planet needs and us humans have become quite attached, sorry, detached from feeling those rhythms. I think we've become very westernized and materialistic and we seem to have lost a lot of our ability to connect with all living creatures um, and trees and stones and all those sorts of things. We've become disconnected from the planet and from the whole concept that we are all one. And so we've become, I feel sometimes, feeling quite isolated and disconnected and, and really wondering 
what it's all about. And the wild species have taught me so much about reconnection and re-empowerment and how they really want us humans to get back on track um, to really start working with the, the animals and therefore with the planet because whatever happens to the animals eventually will happen to us and so if we start to destroy them there's not going to be much left for us and, and not much joy uh, left in the planet if we have no animals. Yes and you know that that would be such a tragedy you know we've lost so many already and mm. uh, you know you can uh, the ripples through the the energy of the planet and our species and our well-being all of us you know we feel them we miss them i know in your book you have voices of the white buffalo the humpback quail the white lions um of tim bavati and south africa orcas and bears um it's just it's so inter- interesting and is there anything you found um that's a common theme that they all seem to want to talk about i think it is really about re-empowerment um okay. you know, I think that's the most common theme, and about love, really, I think, and compassion. I think the animals show us, all animals, I feel, show us, I'm sure you felt this as well, a huge compassion to forgive, despite what us humans do to them. Uh, they still have the ability to show us so much unconditional love and teach us so much, and I find that so humbling mm. and awe-inspiring. Yeah. Uh, you know, when swimming next to a huge whale and it allows you to be near... Her and her calf, and despite you know all the the wailing and the hunting and the desecration of these beautiful creatures, they can still allow us to be near them and to show a willingness to help us to move forward. Mm-hmm. I think that's just truly humbling. Yes, I agree. I could certainly sense that myself so many times. What is it like actually being in the deep ocean next to such enormous creatures? It's it's pretty awe-inspiring, and, and the first time I ever swam with a with a humpback whale, I just couldn't actually believe I was actually doing it. I had to almost kick <laughs> myself. And think, my gosh, I'm actually in the water. This beautiful, huge creature is allowing me to swim next to it. It's looking me in the eye, and when a, when a whale looks at you in the eye, it's like they look right into your very soul. It's yeah. almost beyond description. Wow. I was swimming with a sperm whale. Uh, I think Dominica last December, and it was quite a large calf, and I was having difficulty trying to keep up with it, so I just put out the thought, if you want to speak to me, I would really love to to be honoured to, to have your help, could you just slow up a little bit? And so I was spinning along with my, with my, my slippers and, and uh, trying to keep up, and it just suddenly stopped, it just stopped and hovered, and I just went, whoa! And it was right next to its eye, and it just looked at me, and I went, oh, my gosh, it, my heart just melted. It's like it just gave me, like, a tsunami of love. It was absolutely incredible. Yeah. And it gave me this beautiful message um, about our language and about their, the, the sperm whales don't sing like the humpbacks. They they have, like, a, a clicking uh, language, and they have, like, an encoded clicking a sound that they they can use for hunting, but also to connect with each other. And so when you feel those clicks going through your body, you feel like you're being fine-tuned on an energy level. It's absolutely incredible. Mm. Um, And obviously when you're with a humpback and it starts to sing, and and I was um, snorkeling over a male that was hanging with its head down in the the ocean. When they sing, they just 
hanging upside down in the water. Hmm. And I think he was a bit sad because uh, where we were, there were lots of males vying for the females, and I don't think he'd managed to find a girlfriend. So he was just sort of moaning, sort of going, mm, like that. <laughs> and so I was just hovering over him and just sending him lots of love and, and just thanking him for allowing me to be near him. But the trouble was, he started to come up right underneath me. Oh. And I thought, oh, oh shoot, am I going to be riding this way? <laughs> and we were told that if they come really close, just to keep very still, because they will be aware exactly where we are. Mm-hmm. So instead of him coming up in a big hump, he came up right underneath me and kept very, very flat. And I was trying to sort of make myself as thin as possible to be right on the very surface. And I'm sending him out lots of love and saying, uh, uh, you do know I'm here, and thank you for not um, bumping into me. I knew he wouldn't hurt me on purpose, but they are very big creatures, obviously. But he came up and surfaced with his tail about two inches from my face, so he knew exactly where I was, and he knew exactly how not to hurt me. And then he just flicked his tail and off he went. I went, oh my gosh, that was just incredible. (laughs) But for one moment, I did think I was going to be riding him. (laughs) Not today. (laughs) That would be another book, Whale Rider. (laughs) Yeah, Whale Rider. Um, because I was uh, quite near to a mother and her calf mm. and the calf was very, very playful. It was quite young and it just wanted to come and, and just jump around us and, and just really have a great time. And his mother decided that we were a bit too close. Mm. But I, was, I hadn't really gone, I was trying to keep a respectable distance but this calf was just really playful. But anyway, she started to come towards me. Now the sperm whales, they, have, they are the biggest toothed creature on the planet. They have enormous brains. Mm-hmm. And I was consoling myself when I swum with humpbacks and with massive whale sharks. I've consoled myself in the fact that they just feed on plankton. But these sperm whales actually hunt uh, giant squid in the terrific depths of the ocean. Wow. So they do have a lot of teeth. And this mother came at me with her mouth open, showing oh. all her teeth. Mm. And I'm thinking... Uh oh, what do I do now? Because there was no way I could get out of the way fast enough if she really intended yeah. to hurt me. Yeah. And it was like having a steam train with teeth coming at me. So I was just sending out a message of love and compassion and just thanking her so much for allowing me to be there. And I was really sorry, you know, if she felt that I was too close to her baby and I was trying to just send out love and love and love and love. And eventually she just closed her mouth but looked at me very hard <laughs> so say, well just watch it then and then she swam past me yeah. so I was a huge, huge oh. I thought oh my gosh I think this could be it you know um, and the calf came back again wanted to play again I'm going go back to your mum you're going really? to go away again go back mm-hmm. and eventually she must have just called him and said right that's enough we're mm-hmm. off now and off she went but that was a scary <laughs> moment uh, that was, yeah that was a bit worrying yeah. Woo. Uh, what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you? Well, there have been lots. I think um, I went to, out to the Andaman Islands um, of uh, India um, to swim with an ocean-swimming elephant called the Rajan, and he was wonderful, absolutely magnificent. And to be able to swim with him and free dive underneath him, to see that perspective of underneath an elephant mm. is quite extraordinary. 
Um, and I was swimming with him and just absolutely loving it. And he was just such a fantastic char- uh, character. Mm-hmm. But the water was beautifully clear. But all of a sudden, it became a bit cloudy. And I thought, oh, that's a bit strange. Maybe he's um, stirred up some sand or something. Uh-huh. Uh, but then when I came up to get some air with my snorkel, I realized that he'd done a huge poo. Uh-huh. And there was all in the water. And I thought I nearly came up wearing a new hat um, or nearly stuck down some, some elephant poo down my snorkel. But luckily I didn't. But I, I, had, to, I had to laugh to myself because I thought, oh, what's happened to the water here? It was so clear a minute ago. But this is how he'd, he'd done this massive poo. And so I was swimming around in all this elephant poo. Uh-huh. That was yeah. massive, too. It was still a huge privilege to be there with him. Yeah. Oh, my God. I could, uh, that's hysterical, Madeline. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I bet you have thousands of stories. Oh. Lots of stories. And, you know, and I'd say I've never ceased to be completely amazed by these animals. They're just so incredible. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. What made you go on these adventures? What was it that made you decide to do this? Well, I suppose I'd, I felt I'd lived quite a, a, a little life. I didn't feel I'd ever, really ever been anywhere very much. And I just decided that when I got to the age of 50, it was time I had some adventures. Mm. And my mother, bless her heart, um, passed away. And she left me a, a little, very small legacy. But she said to me before she died, Make sure you do everything you want to do before before you die because there's a few things that I've not managed to do and I'm really cross that I haven't managed to do it. So mm-hmm. if you make sure you do it. So I thought, okay. Mm-hmm. And so I just seemed to, I don't know, people just let me, send me emails or send me websites or information about trips and I just think, yes, I need to go. I need to go and meet these particular creatures. For example, the, the white lions, I was sent there a website about two years before I managed to find the money to go and see them. But on their website, the big male lion, Mandela, he looks out at you and he has the most incredible blue eyes. And I saw this picture of him and I nearly fell off my, my computer chair because I thought, oh my gosh, you have such an incredible energy. I really want to meet you one day. Mm-hmm. And then out of the blue, about two years later, I was sent an email inviting me, I don't know how, but inviting me to go to um, meet the white lions uh, as a special, um, very, very small group. And um, I just thought, right, that's it, I'm going, I'm going to find the money, I'm going to go. And so I did, and, and that's been really life-changing because I feel that big male lion is really a huge force behind me. His message was that we must be lion-hearted in our endeavors to start to work with the animals and with the planet. And being near him, oh my gosh, on the last day, I hadn't really heard him roar too much. And so we went out in an open-top tube, and he was lying on his back with a huge tummy. He, he just had a big feed. And I just sent out a message telepathically from my mind to his mind, just thanking him for just being so incredible and for his messages to me and just for his magnificence Mm. and the whole role that the white lions are playing now in in coming back to start to heal Africa and therefore start Mm. that healing process for the whole planet. And so I said, I would so love to hear you roar before we left. And he just sort of rolled over and sat up very nonchalantly and he gave a big yawn and then he roared. 
and it's like every bone in our body rattled because it was absolutely earth-shattering to be so near to him. Oh. And you could see all his breath and his saliva and his huge teeth. And he just, he has the longest recorded after all. It's like um, they do a big one and they do like a, a sort of a shorter soft wall. And he just went on and on and on. And we all sat there and shivered in our, quaked in our boots because it was so scary but and magnificent <laughs> and fantastic all, in, uh-huh. all at once, you know. Uh-huh. But it was amazing. Wow. And I really feel him. I, and he's given me the most beautiful meditation, that, uh, which is called Finding Your Lion Heart, so we can, I can help other people go and find their lion heart to reconnect with the, with the lion bees and to and have all that strength. And I've found it amazing to uh, work with people doing it, but also we can visualize taking very timid or very frightened, traumatized animals with us. And they come back with a lion heart as well. So it's, um, it's wonderful when his meditation can here can help so many people. Wow! Oh, I love that. So you <laughs> actually you took all of this and you created a meditation CD, CD right? Yeah, absolutely. With, with uh, messages from the whales and from the lions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, it's called Whale Whispers, Lion Roars: A Journey to Reempowerment. So that is that's really amazing. It's uh, I'd love to love to um, hear that too. We've got um, some lion actual physical lion roars on on that. And every time I hear it, I I just get gooses. I just can't stop getting gooses because <laughs> they just go oh, it just goes right through me. And I actually spent a night uh, at a lion park called Drakenstein, which is not far from Cape Town, mm-hmm. and you're allowed to sleep right in the middle of the the sanctuary. And there are about twenty eight, twenty nine lions there and you don't go to get any sleep that's for sure you go there because you want to hear them roar and I slept in a little tent with all these lions around me roaring all night and it, it is kind of scary because it's quite a primordial sort of sound because they affect yeah. you on such deep levels but it was amazing wow wow that is just oh man and it's so interesting so you your your mom gave you the incredible life-changing gift um, yes, and told you, it gave you the little kick in the butt that said, get out there and do what you want to do before it's too late. And what a great message yeah. for all of us. Um, and, Absolutely. And, yeah, and this is where you've been guided. So into the oceans and into the, like you said, the primordial wild um, and connecting with these sacred creatures who help hold the energy matrix of the planet and have Absolutely. such a remarkable gift for us if we have the wisdom to listen and to hear other voices. Yeah. Oh. Do you have any other stories for us? Oh, there's, there's, there are lots. I think um, just to um, repeat about the messages of love from the whales, it's interesting because I've connected with um, quite a few different species of whales, but I feel it's like a whale consciousness. They, they seem to be the the guardians of the oceans where the white lines seem to be guardians of, of the sort of earth mass but of course we are a blue planet so the oceans form such a huge part of our of our planet but every single um, species of whale has told me that they wish to imbue every molecule of water in the ocean with their love so that when the oceans reach the shore they will imbue the uh, land with that love with their love on such deep and beautiful, beautiful levels, and I just find that so amazing 
Mm. Well, as I said, you know, I, I talked to the southern right whales off uh, South Africa, the humpbacks, the sperm whales, the orcas. They, they all have these amazing, loving messages for us. And I find that just incredible. That, you know, as I said before, despite what us humans have done to them, they are still so willing to help us. What do you think the most important message you've ever received from a wild creature is? I think it is about love. Um, when I was talking to a humpback called, that allowed me to call her Gina, she said, I know how you humans like to give us uh, animals' names. You can call me Gina. <laughs> okay. And um, I was asking her about the Akashic Records. Um, for those of you who maybe might not know what the Akashic Records are, my understanding is that they're they're sort of like the records of everything that's ever happened, everything that we've done, and, and perhaps that we're going to do. And somebody, a lovely chap called Eric, said that the whales had told him that he, they called them the library of love. And I thought that was such a beautiful, beautiful term. Mm -hmm. But I was asking Gina about the Akashic Records and how could I access my records or how could I get a better understanding of what my role was. And she said that neither he but in order to find the key and open the Akashic Records, I need to find the key to my heart and open my heart. And she said, you've been running around, you know, giving uh, healing and, and love to everybody else, but you haven't really looked into your own heart and sent love into your own heart. And that's what you must do to open the Akashic Records. And I thought that was just wonderful because it made so much sense to, to me. I felt that I'd been, I felt quite isolated because the way that my life was expanding and the way the work was expanding, the people that I'd been previously uh, mixing with and maybe some of my family, I think they just thought I was completely mad or losing the plot because my life was just going in so many bizarre and, and amazing directions. And so that can feel a little isolating because you might feel that perhaps my only one thinks this way or, you know, so to, to reconnect with myself and then start to attract like-minded people who are on the same on that same path part of the journey it, it's just wonderful and, and the more that i've opened to this the more amazing people that i've been meeting you know and obviously connecting with people like yourself it's just um it's just wonderful mm. good ah oh, well i know you have a an extraordinary purpose here and you you're becoming the voice you know for the wild species the sacred species you know, to bring them, bring their messages to the world and to help us as humans evolve and grow and carry our destiny, you know, to change our legacy. Some call it the legacy of shame, you know, the humans mm. have left on the planet, but to, to transform that into a legacy we can be proud of. So, that you know, makes we're co-creators with the animals. You know, we, we have yeah. to co-create, we have to work together and I think um, the most important message that, I, that I'd like to get out there is that this isn't possible I and mean, the animals are really ready, willing and able to help us. We just need to be open, open our hearts and our, and our minds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Open our hearts and open our minds and I love that um, Gina helped you with the concept and the direction on finding the key to your own heart because when mm -hmm. we have that key then that's what can open our mind and connect us in such deep and wonderful ways and profound ways. Uh, don't you find it's a life-changing experience um, when Absolutely. you connect them? Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. 
Um, there's a, a bit in here about the, a giant manta ray. Can you tell mm. us that story? Oh, that was amazing, yes. I mean, there's been so many. I've been so blessed. I feel so privileged. And, and it's, it's um, you know, I, I do feel called by these animals. I do, I don't sort of just rush around the world winning any sort of thing. I do really listen to the ones that, that really seem to call me because I hope that I can be their voice to convey their messages to other people. And that was the whole point of, of the book, really. Um, but I was, yeah, I swam with this beautiful, uh, huge giant manta. I think her wingspan was about four meters. Mm. And she was like this huge dark angel flying through the, the ocean. And um, she, it wasn't very deep. It was about, I think about 30 feet of water. This is uh, off an island called Holbosch Island off um, the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I swam with her for about two hours and it was just, she was swimming really, really slowly. Uh, quite a lot of the time she was fairly near the the floor of the ocean and I was watching her as I swam above her and I was sort of mimicking her with my arms because I felt it was so beautiful to move like a giant manta in the water. Mm-hmm. But as I watched her, it seemed like she was very focused and I would notice that she would be uh, very slightly altering her course. It's like she was on a very, on a mission sort of thing. And then she would come up, uh, up right next to me and look at me again in the eye, which was uh, wonderful as well. Uh, to look at a giant to have her look at you in the eye again was, was yeah. pretty mind-blowing and yeah. heart-expanding as well. And then she told me that she was monitoring the oceanic grid lines, that there are, as they are sort of ley lines um, throughout the Earth, there are the land masses, there are oceanic grid lines as well that connect all the energies of the planet and she said that she was monitoring these and sending healing to any area that had become slightly damaged and she said that man's negativity and fear was the biggest pollutant far worse than any any chemical and she was saying that we really have to let go of this uh, paradigm of fear that a lot of us have been sort of locked into and that we need to really change our mindset to one of love and confidence and courage and I suppose that again uh, reiterates Manda's message of being lion-hearted but to let go of this, this fear um, that we, a lot of us get locked into and um, and to, to have positive healing, uh, you know, higher vibrational thoughts and so she was, I thought that was amazing that, that message of when she was describing that, the, the negativity is worse than any chemical pollutant and I thought, wow, that's such a strong message. Mhm. Mhm. Wow. Well you know that makes sense to me. You're familiar with um Doctor uh Emoto, I believe his name is, that yeah. does the messages mm-hmm. in water. Um and how that water itself from po- very polluted water can be transformed relatively easily into into pure water, you know, with the, that pure crystalline structure to it simply by changing the energy that it's um, it, that it's associated to or connected with. Absolutely, absolutely. When, when you see the photographs of the of the water crystals that have had love uh, sort of sent to them, they're so yeah. beautiful. But the ones that have sort of negative words like hate or that that's kind of very negative emotion, but they're they're all sort of blurry and, and have no no beauty, no form. And when you yeah. think how much our bodies are made of water, right. that when we're sending negative thoughts to to our our bodies, in our water molecules, they are going to be, you know, affected in that way. So yeah. 
again, we, you know, a lot of us know now that our thoughts create our reality, so it's really important that we, we send those loving thoughts to ourselves and, and outwards to, to others. Yes. Because, it, you know, it has a huge impact on everything, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Huge impact. Thank you for bringing that point out. That's great. Oh, goodness. So, um, so what would you like people to do next? I mean, if somebody wants to go swim with the whales, or um, I, I know that we'd love to have them uh, check out your books um, and your CD. Uh, do you have anything else, any other tips that you would like them to do? I think uh, I think just really listen to, to your heart and be open. Just be open to where you feel drawn. I mean, there are, there are so many amazing uh, places to go and um, animals to, to to visit, uh, but I think it's a, it's just really listening. And, and if you have a dream, say to for example, go and swim with dolphins. Um, just just do it. You know, just find a way and just do it because it is life changing. I don't really condone um, captive dolphins. Sometimes that's uh, the only experience that people can have. Uh, I do feel that on a soul level, the animals can choose to play that role, but I don't really condone it. Um, I think animals should be wild and free. So again, it's, it's finding the companies that have the, the utmost respect for for these creatures. If they are sometimes when you're with the whale sharks, there were so on one occasion there were so many boats out there, lots of tourists coming, and they were being very invasive and not being respectful, not being respectful of the animals at all, of the creatures at all. And I found that very sad. Yeah. Um, so. I think it's follow your dream, but be very respectful and find the right people that are going to honor those animals that you want to spend time with. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And to remember, I think, too, that our animals, domestic and, you know, wild, they're incredible, sentient beings. And as you brought mm. out, they're, they, they can be sacred. They can be guardians. They have incredible messages for us that can help us be better people, better humans. And they're also teachers and healers. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and thank from, you. From a to humpback whales, they are all incredible. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's send them to your website. And uh, your website is anexchangeoflove.com. Is that correct? That's right. Yes, so I'm going to spell it. A N E X C H A N G E of O V L O V E dot com and exchange of love dot com. Ah, thank you, Madeline. So we've been speaking with Madeline Walker of exchangeoflove dot com. Thanks so much for your time today, for sharing your heart with us, for your love of animals, for the message and the voice that you're giving our wild, sacred beings that help take care of our planet and us. I think, you know, I know that your work is helping to make our world a better place, not just for us, but also our animals. So thank you. Well, thank you for allowing me to to share the stories and to share the wisdom of the animals. I feel um, um, my mission now is to convey those messages for them. Yes, I think you are doing a brilliant job of it. Thanks, Madeline. Thank you. Okay. Well, bye, everybody. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to the show. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, go to valhart.com forward slash blog. And if you're someone who values a non-invasive, holistic solution to resolving problems with your dogs, cats, and horses, 
and you want better behaved, healthier, and happier animals. Just go to my website at valhart.com to apply for a complimentary happy animal assessment session. And be sure and remember to look for my CDs on iTunes. Learning how to talk with animals is fun and will change your life. So while you're there at my site, get my free Quick Start Animal Talk course and check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system. May the love of animals bless you, teach you, inspire you, heal you, and reconnect you to the circle of life.